Amen. We'll stay in that place while you're on your feet. Why don't you put your hands together? I'm not going to give you a long intro now, Anna, because there's a nice atmosphere right here and I know you just soak it up and continue in it. So why don't we put our hands together and welcome one of our youth directors, worship leader extraordinaires, Anna Cox. Thank you, Pastor John. Wow, what an intro. What an amazing atmosphere that we're sitting in this whole morning. I don't know about you, but the vibes have been strong. I want you to just stay in that place for a moment. This stage, this platform has been set so beautifully for us to hear from God this morning. And Lord, we just pray that the meditation of our hearts will be pleasing to You. Lord, that the words I bring will magnify You. Lord, will make You bigger in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions. And as Pastor John just prayed that You will transform us. May the words I speak be sharper than a two-edged sword. May they not return to You void. Thank You, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen, amen. It's so good to see you here this morning. You, yes, you may take a seat. Why don't we thank our amazing team. You guys can be seated as well. Um, I am so excited to share a message this morning. This has been stewing and brewing for weeks and it's really, really cool. Um, who is loving our series? Okay, four people. Who's loving our series on Transformed? Yeah, I've got some waves. That is so good. This has been, I often joke to Shane, there has been no dud messages for a long time. Not that we get dud messages from our pulpit, obviously, but the last five or six weeks have just been fire. And I really hope and pray that you guys have been taking notes. You've been meditating at home. You've been really soaking up what God has been pouring out here from this house. And I just want to extend an awesome welcome, like Pastor John said. Um, Welcome to our church. Welcome if you're joining us online from wherever you might be. And we're so glad to have you here, part of the family. My name is Anna and my husband Shane and I do run the youth department and we've been around for a while. And I just want to say I'm so honoured to be able to share a word with you. I'm so grateful to Pastor Bruce and Julie and I just want to honour them publicly for trusting us, not just to come and deliver a word but for investing in us too. Um, What they do behind the scenes and what they pour out is so much more than what's ever seen here on this platform. Um, To Pastor John and Emma as well, they have been long-time friends, mentors, spiritual mum and dad to Shane and me. And we're just so grateful for you guys for the years and for the years to come. And I just see so much authority and power on you guys. And we're in good hands, church. We are in really good hands. So I want to encourage you. Thanks to my awesome husband, Shane, who's my best friend, my biggest advocate. That was literally in my vows, so I'm going to stop there or so I'll cry. As you can probably tell, I'm a little bit pregnant, so who knows where we might go. Um, But it's very exciting. So today, um, let's open our Bibles. At youth, we have a saying, what do we bring to youth? 
Okay, everyone who wasn't a youth just spoke then. So what do we bring to youth, guys? The word, a mate, and something to note take. We're very enthusiastic this morning. We're used to functioning well at 6 p.m., not 11 a.m., 10 a.m. So the word, a mate, and something to note take. If you've got your Bibles with you, grab them out. And let's turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You should be familiar with that by now. Um, but this whole topic on transforming our, our, our lives by transforming our minds has been so powerful. So we've had our habits, we've had our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, our emotional health. And today we're talking about our relational health. So transforming ourselves and how that manifests and how that impacts our relationships. And I just think it's so cool that if you've been taking notes along the series, this has been like you build on every week. So what we've learned and what we've talked about over the last five weeks, I'm just like, yeah, take that down. Yeah, take that down. Because it's going to be just like, it's going to all like bubble over and you, nothing that you hear this morning will probably be brand new. It'll be like your brain switching on, being like, I've heard that before, that's awesome, that's powerful. So write things down. I really encourage you to do that because I believe that this message will bless you and it will have an impact on you if you let it, okay? So we are created by God to be living in relationships. Right from the very minute that God created man, he's just like, it's not good for man to be alone, We're not meant to be doing life alone. We're not meant to be doing life even just us and just God, right? So your relationship with God is number one, is paramount, is so important, but we're not, that's not the only relationship that we're designed to be in. We are designed to live in company, right? So God wanted a family, so he created us. So even God himself doesn't want to be alone, right? He wants us to be in strong, lasting, fulfilling relationships. And that's not just husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. That's friendships. That's companionships. That's everything. We are designed to live in strong, lasting, meaningful, deep, vulnerable relationships. And the theme for my message today, as you can probably see on the screen above, is facing the fears that ruin relationships. So I want you to say the word fear. 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 What is fear? Now, I got really excited unpacking this over the last couple of weeks. I am an occupational therapist by trade. Um, I, have, I was going to go and study psychology at uni, and then I decided last second to be an OT, which is kind of like almost like the functional day-to-day outworking of psychology, which is really cool. My husband loves me for it. Um, But the way that our brain works fascinates me. And fear is something that our brain does to protect us, right? So there is a science behind fear. There is a physiological, so how our body reacts and how our body changes when we experience fear. So fear is an emotion. Pastor John spoke about this last week, that emotions, we're created to have emotions. God is an emotional God. So fear is an emotion as part of being human. It's a natural response to some sort of stimulus. So it's something that we're experiencing. Fear can be a natural response to that. But I want you to think about fear as being data 
or information. Now, I don't want this to be a TED talk, okay? So just like, don't worry, we will get to the scripture in a second. But fear is data. It's information to our brain that is telling us how to react or respond to something that we're experiencing. So it's an emotion, it's natural, and it's information. Fear is your way, your brain's way of telling you that there is something physically or psychologically threatening to you. And we have an automatic built-in response to this information. Fight, flight, or freeze. Is that new information to anyone? Have we all heard that before? Fight, flight, freeze. When we feel, when we have something that's physically or psychologically threatening to us, we fight, we flight, or we freeze. So fight, we get defensive, we arc up, we might get our, get our fight on. Flight, we run away, we hide, we abort the mission. Or freeze, we're just like, I'm stuck. We do nothing. So I'm going to show you an image of how our body manifests fear. This is a heat map, so like a scan that's been taken. And when we experience fear, the, like the brighter, the brighter it is, the more energy or the more activity. The darker it is, the less energy, less activity. So as you can see, when we're, when we're fearful, we've got a lot going on in our head, a lot going on in our chest. Who experiences that like when you're scared or where you're, where you're feeling threatened, you're like... Oh, you might be stuck. You might not have a lot going. You might be a little bit like hot-headed, but then at the same time you can see there's not there's that areas of darkness, so you might not think straight or clearly or respond how you normally would like to. So fear binds us up, is centralized, and often has a direct impact on how we physically respond. There's an automatic hormonal response to fear. But the response that happens may also and often also depends on the situation and how you've been taught to respond to things based on your upbringing and your culture and your past experience. So our brain and our body and God has designed us to respond to stimulus in a certain way. This is, I think this is really cool, so I hope you're coming along with me. Um, but we also adapt and we learn how to respond to things based on how we've been taught, how things have been modelled to us and what our experiences are. So Romans chapter 12 verse 2, we probably all know this off by heart by now after five weeks of reading it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. Don't copy the patterns and this behaviour of this world. Don't conform, don't follow, don't adhere or be ruled by your past experiences. Don't follow, conform, adhere to, be ruled by your upbringing. Don't conform or follow or be ruled by how you've learnt or been brought up to respond to things. But instead... Be transformed and change the way you think. We have been given the power to do this. This is not some mission impossible or task we can't do. But God has given us the power to change the way we think, to override those learnt and natural responses to things, right? So we know how the brain works, that information is power. We know how humans are wired, but how we've also learnt along the way to respond to fear. But you know, the great news, everyone say great news. The great news is that God, the creator who created this thing, who created this thing, 
has also given us his power to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, when we first talked about this in youth, because we've been following along with the Transform series at youth, and it's been epic, am I right? Yeah, we're awake here. It's good, it's good. It's 11 a.m. Um, when we first talked about it in our Senior High Girls Connect, Danae pointed out that the language of renewing in this scripture is really powerful. It's not replacing, it's not transplanting, it's not uprooting, it's not reprogramming, but renewing. And the word renewing means to restore as it was originally intended to, to be, which tells me that we have actually been designed and given the power by God to overcome and take control of fear. Yeah? How, is anyone excited by that? Some people are sort of excited by that. We have been designed by God to be in control of our emotions, like Pastor John said last week, not to be controlled by them. So, and by extension, that means how we respond and how we react and how we engage with our relationships. So what does fear look like and how does it manifest in the context of our relationships? Now, as I go through these, you might get a little bit awkward, uncomfortable, or like, yeah, yes and amen to it. You don't have to respond. But things that we see and how fear manifests in our relationship is things like fear of rejection, fear of disconnection or abandonment, fear of being vulnerable, fear of being intimate, fear of commitment, fear of getting hurt, fear of hurting others, fear of letting people down, fear of disappointment. And all of these things have, can have a negative impact on the, the value, on the functionality of our relationships, of our ability to interact with each other. So fear is actually designed as a survival instinct. I don't know about you, but if I came across a snake in my backyard, the fear in me makes me stop and freeze, stand still so the snake doesn't bite me. If I didn't have any fear, I'd be like, oh, look at this fun snake. (laughs) Dead. (laughs) Fear is not always a bad thing, right? But often in the context of our relationships, it actually binds us up and stops us from moving forward. Studies have shown... Again, a bit of science, I love this. Studies have shown that when we experience social rejection, the part of our brain that lights up is exactly the same part of our brain that responds when we experience physical pain. So when we experience a social blow, when we experience someone like rejecting us or fear, like even just feeling like we've been rejected, the same part of our brain that experiences physical pain is like, oh my gosh. So when we experience social rejection or we experience some sort of disconnect in a relationship, our brain literally thinks that we could die, which is pretty like, I don't know about you, but I haven't ever died from being rejected. <laughs> Exhibit A, <laughs> still here, all right? But our brain is wired to protect us, to, to fight, flight and freeze when it comes to um, any, any kind of relational context, anything that might be perceived as a risk. And let's be real, in a relationship is like an investment. And any investment, just ask old mate Dave, who's a financial advisor, if you need, there's a little pug. <laughs> any investment, there is a risk and there is a reward, right? And often the higher the risk, the greater the reward. But in relationships, the perceived risk is often not as big as what it is, but the reward is still awesome. The risk is we think we might die if it goes pear-shaped. 
which actually, as Shane said in his message, like 80, more than 80% of the things we worry about never ever happen. Same thing with this. The risk is that we think we might die, but the reward is meaningful connection, security, strength, value to our life, energy, fulfillment, power, intimacy, love. There is such a great reward in overcoming the fears that we might never actually, you know, get any kind of pain out of, actual pain in our relationships. So how do these things threaten to ruin our relationships? What does the fear response look like in relation to these things? Rejection. You fear fear of rejection so you don't take risks. Maybe you take everything personally. Disconnection or abandonment. You don't let anyone in. You become overly invested or, dare I say it, clingy. Vulnerability. Now, this is me. (laughs) You don't want people to see you weak. So sometimes you might come across as a little bit harsh. But because you, you don't want to, you want to look powerful. So vulnerability, fear of being vulnerable can actually create a disconnect. Intimacy, you, free, you fear intimacy so you refuse to get deep or maybe you get deep too quick and therefore desensitise yourself to everything. Fear of commitments, so you don't commit, you keep people at arm's length. Fear of getting hurt, so you put on a tough, tough front. Maybe you go to negativity make yourself untouchable, fear of hurting others, so you say sorry all the time, or you never ever do anything, or you maybe are dishonest because you don't want someone's feelings to get hurt when actually that honesty can breed um, intimacy. Fear of letting others down, so you say yes to everyone and everything and burn yourself out. Fear of disappointment, so you have low expectations. You become satisfied with good enough. All of those things are really, really destructive if we allow fear to rule our relationships. So what does God have to say about fear? All right. Well, I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to mind is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Or I really actually like the New King James even better. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. A sound mind. We are not designed to be ruled by fear. Is anyone excited about that? We're not designed to be ruled by fear. God's intention for our relationships is intimacy, cohesion, encouragement, and strength with Him and also with each other. We are designed to live together. 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not slow in doing what he's promised the same way that others people understand slowness, but God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost. He wants everyone to change his heart and change his life. Iron can sharpen iron, Proverbs 27, 17, in the same way people help each other. Encourage one another and build each other up just as you are already doing. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, We are designed to encourage one another to do life together so that we build each other up and actually make each other better. Not to cut each other down, not to be rejected or feel rejected, but actually to to grow each other. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. I don't know about you, I'm not, oh, actually I'm a bit of a gardener. I prune my roses from time to time. They look pretty good if you drive past our house, there's lots of roses. But 
there's, there's some studies that suggest that when trees or plants or roses get pruned, there is like pain and like the energy and the, the cell structure that changes in the plants is kind of reminiscent of pain in humans. So like pruning is uncomfortable, even for plants who don't feel anything. They're created beings by God, so who knows? Who are we to say? But like pruning and when we kind of get shaped and sharpened by one another, it's not always fun. We've cried in our connect group numerous times, but we've grown and our relationships are strong. How can we be transformed by and by doing so overcome these fears that ruin our relationships? So what I want to give you guys today is some biblical truths and some practical strategies. Who would find that helpful? Yeah, improving and strengthening, overcoming fear in our relationships is helpful to anyone. Even if you feel like your relationships are the healthiest they possibly can be, we can still encourage one another more. We can still build each other up more. And if you're feeling like you're in relationships that are dysfunctional, if you're feeling like you're lonely, if you're feeling like you just don't know where you fit, these biblical truths and practical strategies, I believe and I know will help you not only to become a better friend, but to be more satisfied in your life because that's how God designed you. Okay? Romans 12 verse 2, I'm going to come back to it again and again. Be transformed by changing the way you think. And when we change the way we think, this overflows into what we do. So an internal change elicits an external change. So the Bible says the antidote to fear is love. Everyone say love. love. Everyone say it a bit louder and more gutsier. Love. Love. The antidote to fear is love. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. How do we know if there's an internal change occurring? How do we know if that fear is getting driven out? It's by, comes out by the fruit that we bear. It comes out in our actions. It comes out in the way we engage with one another. Jesus says that people will know that you're his disciples by how you love one another. It's obvious. It's visible. It will manifest in our actions, but that change starts with heart work, right? So if you've been around me ever, you've probably at some point heard me say the only person that you can change is you. Yeah, I'm getting some nods from... Yeah, it's, it's true. The only person that Shane's like big nods, oh my gosh. And I say this to myself too, because, you know, I'm not impervious to all this stuff. The only person you can change is you, but you attract, say attract, what you put out. So indirectly, when you do your own heart work, when you change that, when you manifest how you're feeling on the inside and the outside, that attracts the same, right? There's this really cool thing um, called the heliotropic effect. And I'm just going to get the guys to put up um, a video, um, which I'm going to talk while that video is going. So is it working? No? Yes? We're smiling? Yeah, good. So this is the heliotropic effect. It's a, nat- a natural science thing. And we've got to think about science and nature as created by God. So it's not one or the other. God's created it, right? This is so cool. So in nature, in creation, um, living things are attracted to energy. So as these plants are growing, you can see they're growing up and getting attracted to the sun. And that same thing happens with us. 
right? I don't know about you, but I certainly am more attracted to want to hang out with people who are life-giving, people who are full of energy, people who are bright than people who are not. This is how God has created and designed us to be joy-filled, to be full of energy and light. Um, As living beings, we are designed to be attracted and attractive to energy, right? So Philippians 2 verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to... but each of you to the interests of others. We shouldn't be thinking about how we're feeling and what we want, but actually by being attractive to one another and being interested in other people, conversely, that means that we are attractive to others. We need to change, say change, the way we think. Do you need to change the way you think about your relationships? Do you need to maybe shift your focus from what you're getting out of it to what you're putting into it? What you put out, you will attract. If you're putting out joy, you will attract joy. If you're putting out saddos, you will attract saddos. We don't want to be saddos because we have the power of God inside of us, right? And I'm not saying that we have to be happy all the time. Positive psychology is not about pretending to be happy, but it's actually having the tools in our toolkit to be able to work through how we're feeling, like Pastor John was sharing last week, work through how we're feeling to overcome our emotions and to still be functional in life. Now, this is not only biblical, but seen through all that through creation. We teach our kids to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Who's heard that one before? Show me a hand, show me a hand. Who's heard that one? To have a friend. Who said that to a kid before? To have a, yeah, to have a friend, you've got to be a friend. You know, Jesus talks about that in Luke chapter 6. Do for other people what you would have them do for you. It's literally what I'm, the only person you can change is yourself. Attracting what you put out, you attract is biblical. You see it in creation, it's biblical. Jesus teaches it to us, we teach it to kids. It's simple, but it's not easy all the time. What if you find this hard? Because I think Murray's really ready. He's listening hard, but we're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Pastor Emma said a few weeks in her message about families that we have to recognise what's eating us. We've got to name things so we contain them. Um, In my first year of marriage, I went and saw a psychologist um, which was really bizarre. I had my life was awesome. I'd just gotten married. We were living in a cool house. I had great friends. Church was awesome. But I was so irritable. I was so like frustrated. I was easily argumentative, easily annoyed. And I was like, what is going on? Nothing in my circumstances makes sense to how I'm feeling right now. So I went and I got professional help, which was incredible. I went and saw my leaders. I got prayer. I did all of the above. And the psychologist said to me, she gave me tools to recognise how I was feeling, to identify them, and then have strategies to overcome them. So she helped me to name it so I could tame it, not just kind of sit and be eaten up by it and feel bad and sad about how I was feeling, but actually recognise things, name them so I... that I could tame them. So how do we fear that how do we face the fear that ruin, threatens to ruin our relationships? We have to change something. So I'm going to go through really quickly three things that we can change that will have a direct impact on our relationships. Number 1, if you're writing this down, number 1 is we change our posture. So fear often manifests physically. 
as we saw on that screen. So a great way to overcome how the emotion of fear can wreak havoc in our relationships is by changing our stance. I want us to all stand up real quick. Yeah. Okay. So I want you to stand up and let's put our feet together and let's kind of crouch over, hunch over, let our shoulders roll down and look down. Get really hunchy. Maybe bend your knees a tiny bit. Maybe bring your hands into your chest. How do you feel? Don't look at me, look at the floor. Don't look at me, look at the floor. Keep looking at the floor. Tuck your chin. Now turn to your neighbour and say hello to them. Don't change your posture. Tell them how you're feeling. Tell them what you can see. (laughs) All right, you can stand back. Stand back up. How did you feel, good or bad? Hunchy, awkward. What could you see? Your feet, the floor. All right, let's stand now this time. I want you to stand with your feet apart, slightly wider than your hips. I want you to stand tall. I want you to puff your chest up. I want you to bring your hands onto your hips. I want you to look up. Come on, do it, do it, do it. And I want you to smile. And now turn to your neighbour and tell them what you can see. Take a big breath in. How how do you feel? (laughs) Everyone's more laughing. Yes, smile, smile. I can see your eyes. Some people, I can see your face because you're naughty. But when we change our posture, and there's a lot of evidence, a lot of research. You guys can sit down now. When we change our posture, it actually changes how we feel. It changes how we engage. It changes what we can see. Now, this isn't pretending. It's repositioning. Let me say that again. It's not pretending, it's repositioning. Our human brain needs information by the way of proprioception, feeling our body in space, to kind of override and to switch on to get dopamine into our brain to make us feel better so that we can actually function better and have the fuel to be transformed. So the superhero pose, you can, you can keep that one up your sleeve for you know, every day of your life, helps us to see more, to take in more, to breathe more and to get energized so we can energize others who enjoyed speaking to the smiley happy standy up person more than the I can't see anything person yes yeah it's real and I wanted to get you guys to do that so you could feel it and also to wake you up a little bit (laughs) but by changing our posture we actually change our ability to engage with us now is this psychology positive psychology or godly Well, it's both, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be sharing it from this pulpit. Stand firm is said at least 34 times or variations of in the NIV Bible. As followers of Jesus, we're called to stand firm. I've got heaps of verses. I'm not, I haven't got time to go through them all. But little ones, Luke chapter 21, 19, Jesus says, stand firm and you will win life. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. There's heaps about being joy-filled. There's heaps about standing up so that you're prepared. Like Pastor John was saying this morning, when we're on our front foot, it makes us ready. It makes us attractive. It makes us go, go, go. It actually switches things in our minds so that we can function better. And with what we know about the brain, how the brain works, I know that adjusting how we stand will start to shift us, to transform us and have a direct positive impact on our relationships. We'll be more attractive, more effective, more more influential. Shift your posture. Number two, change your tune. Now there is such a power in language. As I was just like processing this before, um, I was thinking 
like I, I teach singing and when we have a better posture, our voice quality is actually so much better as well. So these things interlink so perfectly. But there is such a power in language. What we say not only has a direct impact on those around us, but it also feeds our mind and then reflects in our heart. We do this every week with our team before FNY. We get Friday Night Youth, for those playing at home. We get our team to share something they're grateful for. We get our team to share something that they're a win for the week. And it just sets us up better to go out and minister to our young people. In Luke 6 verse 45, it says, and I'm going to read from the International Children's Bible, which is a FNY fave, but up there it's a bit different. A good person has good things saved up in his heart. So he brings good things out of his heart. But an evil person has evil things saved up in his heart, so he brings out bad things. A person speaks the things that are in his heart. So your tune and what you're coming out with is a reflection of what's inside, of where you are transforming. If we've got a spirit of complaint, of disinterest, that's not only heard by others, if we're blah, sado stuff. I'm going to call it that, not to to dampen it, but because that's what it is. If we are always on the negative, that's not only heard by those around us, but it's heard by us. Shane shared about this with his mental health preach. We're feeding our mind with negativity if we keep blurting out negativity. It doesn't only turn others off us, but it turns us off us. Creates a vicious, vicious cycle. So change your food source. It's again, not pretending, it's repositioning. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, think about those lovely and praiseworthy things. Gratitude and appreciation shines a light on things. It flips our view and it connects us and builds intimacy with others. If I tell Tegan how grateful I am for her, that not only makes her feel good, it makes me feel good and it builds our intimacy and closeness as friendships. Be specific, be grateful. These are practical tips that highlight biblical truths that will change not only your relationships, but help you overcome fear. And number three is our perspective. So Proverbs 17 verse 17 says, A friend loves you all the time and a brother is always there to help you. But let's flip this. Are you a friend who loves all the time? Are you there for your friends emotionally, practically? Ask not what others can do for you, but what you can do for those around you. Be generous, be interested. Are you the person who opens conversation with, hey, Emily, how's work been this week? How are you going? Or are you the person that opens conversation with, hey, Emily, let me tell you all about my week? It changes our intimacy when we are interested, when we flip, when we're a good friend, we receive good friends. Guaranteed, if your, pers- if your perspective is internal, you're going to suck life rather than give life. And again, energy is attracted to life-giving energy. We, attract- we, as humans, are designed to be attracted to life-giving energy. This can also be a little insidious sign- side effect of fear, a fight response. If we take control of the conversational situation, it makes us feel more comfortable. Fear of intimacy can lead to avoiding eye contact, avoiding asking questions. These things do nothing to strengthen relationships but actually create distance and separation. But a transformed mind equals a transformed perspective. Philippians 2 verse 3, when you do things, don't let selfish or pro- selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and give more honour to others than to yourselves. 
Most importantly, love each other deeply. This is 1 Peter 4 verse 8. Because love has a way of not looking at each other's sins. Perfect love casts out fear. It overcomes it. It overrides it. And love drives us to action. Now I want to show you a quick heat map of love. Compared to our fear, which was in our chest, in our head and nowhere else, perfect love is bright. Perfect love leads us to action. Perfect love literally exploded that fear map in our minds. Do you want to just quick, yeah, there we go. Josh, you're so good. So fear, it binds us up, it's internalised, whereas love opens us up. Look at all that energy. When we demonstrate love to one another... It overcomes fear. It empowers us and it leads us to action, not inaction. I said before that any relationship is investment and like any investment, there is a risk and a reward. And with relationships, the perceived risk is often way greater than the actual risk. But that's why we need to give that fear to Jesus. We've got to come to him, allow us, Allow him to transform us by changing the way we think. And then by using these tools to help override our thinking, changing our behaviour and living out of love, not fear. These things are simple, but not easy. Love is simple and we know how to love because he first loved us. We have the power because God has created our minds, God has created our beings, we have the power to change. We have the power to change our posture, to change our tune, and to change our perspective so that we are putting on love and not going and being controlled by fear. And the number one relationship to invest in, these things will help our human relationships. These things will help our relationships with God. But the number one to in, thing to invest in is our relationship with Jesus. To know His love so that we can overflow that same love to others. Jesus gives us rest. Jesus gives us confidence. Jesus helps us to stand tall. He covers us in love and He fills us with His Spirit who gives us power to override the manifestations of fear in our world. Let's all stand up. Let's all stand tall, stand firm. You can, you can superhero if you like. But I believe that as, as we reposition ourselves right here, right now in this moment, we're getting ready for God to minister to us. The number one relationship to invest in is in our relationship with Jesus. Now, I grew up in the church. I knew God. I knew of God. I grew up singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. But I will never forget the moment that I gave my life to Him for myself. I will never forget that moment. I chose to let Him in and to let Him transform my life. Before, I knew all this stuff in my head. I knew the information, but I was still ruled by fear. I was insecure, which manifested as overconfidence, selfishness, judgment of myself and of others. I was a flaky friend. But as I allowed Jesus to transform my life, He exchanged all that for confidence, real confidence, not pretend confidence, boldness, stability, interest in others. My shame was gone and my insecurities wiped away. 
All I had to do was lift my hand, make an outward sign, not because God needed it, but because I needed it. I needed that proprioceptive feedback. I needed that physical action to help shift the way I think, to step out, to reach out. The Bible says, as we draw near to God, He draws near to us. I wanna give you an opportunity right here, right now to make that first step. Or maybe you've made that first step, but there's something that we spoke about this morning that you're like, I, I, need, I need to change something. I'm ruled by fear. So as we all close our eyes, and this isn't a weird spiritual thing, this is really to block out distractions, distractions for ourselves. As we stand here, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never made that decision for yourself, maybe you are like me and you've known of Him, but you've never made that reach out to say, God, I want you in my life for myself. I'm gonna give you that opportunity in just a second. With every eye closed, if you've never decided to engage in a relationship with Jesus. I want you to just raise your hand right now, nice and high so I can see if that's you for the first time. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Or maybe, maybe you know that you have been controlled by fear in your life. That insidious, like small thing Maybe it's really obvious in your life. And you know that it's hindering your relationships with God, your relationship with others. That fear that's driving you to fight, to avoid, to freeze. You were not designed to be ruled by fear. So I want to give you a step. I know there's gonna be people here. I can, I can sense it. I wanna encourage you to take a step and tell your brain you've had enough, to re-energise your spirit and step into the power that God has for you. If that's you this morning, with every eye closed, no one looking around, just me so I can pray with you. I want you to take that step, raise your hand, say, God, I've had enough of this fear in my life. That's so good, I see that hand. Come on, nice and bold. So good, I see that hand. Amazing. I know there's more here. And if you wanna come down and talk to me later, that I would be so honoured. Because sometimes we need to do that physical thing to override our brain. So God, for every person standing here, everyone that has been really brave, it's so uncomfortable, but we can override the fear in our life. God, for every person here who's raised their hand, I just pray that Your Spirit will cast out those fears, Lord, that as they have taken that step, Lord, if they, if they have been intentional to reach to You and say, God, I've had enough, I wanna change something. I don't wanna be ruled by fear, but I wanna be ruled by Your perfect love. Lord, I just pray that Your hand will come and change their hearts, Lord. They will be empowered to go with the strength and boldness and power that You give them in Jesus. Lord, I pray for my friends standing here, Lord, that we will be others focused. Lord, we will be ruled by love. Lord, we will be able to change our posture, 
change our tune, change our perspective so that our relationships will be intimate, they will be godly, they will be strong. Lord, and that we may be attractive to others so that they see You in us, Lord. We thank You. We love You. And we just wanna give You the highest praise right now in Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Let's give God a clap offering.